live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. summertime ladies and gentlemen and we decided here at ESPN Richmond to do something a little fun a little crazy we're going to call it mash up Monday that's right we're going to combine both afternoon shows you're getting that you're getting Bob and now your host Bob and Matt just a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony yeah we probably just underwhelmed the masses with our big summertime series plans but we think it's a pretty cool idea it's like the tv version of the crossover events you know when the network shows have all of the stars appear on the show that follows them or precedes them on a wednesday or a tuesday or that kind of thing now, I'm not trying to say that Matt and I are stars by any. Well, Matt probably is a star, but not me, certainly. But that's kind of. I didn't of even announce your last names. That's how much of <laughs> stars you guys are. Well, no, that makes you the star, AJ, because we always refer to you just as AJ. So you are the star of the show, for sure. But yes, that's what we're going to do. Uh, th- Mondays through the summer here. Look, it's obviously slow. Look, you know we do, you know, offbeat things. Alternative sports we talk about, uh, book club that Matt's doing, which is great, and the lists and all of that. So we decided why not combine all those resources and, more importantly, all those opinions that Matt and I have. Some we agree upon, many we don't agree upon, and we can have kind of a crossfire. So Mondays through the summer are going to be Mashup Monday, a term originated by our guy, AJ, you know, as I said on Twitter earlier today, I already have Feel Good Thursday because Sean Robertson coined that phrase for his weekend sportscasts. So we carried it over to Thursday when he co-hosts with me. So AJ came up with Mashup Monday in which Matt and I will bridge between the 3 o'clock hour and the 5 o'clock hour. That's the 4 o'clock hour of the Monday sports huddle. Matt Josephs from Border to Border, Bob Black from the Sports Huddle, AJ, which produces both of them, will keep us running smoothly. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good, Bob, on a sun-splashed for now (laughs) afternoon. Yeah, it's going to turn into something a little more splashed than that. And look, we talked a little bit about, hey, maybe we'll both come into the studio and we'll do real live radio in a real live radio studio and all of that. But both of us got kind of scared away by the rain forecast today so we are broadcasting remotely you won't notice the difference out there for the most part phone number doesn't change 804-327-0888 and the topics will be pretty much wide open so four o'clock hour on mondays from now until we get to football season in late august or september mashup monday uh matt's agreed to stick around for another hour and the two of us are going to co-host the four o'clock hour called mashup monday here on 1061 ESPN. I was highly entertained, Matt, by your list of dumbest things in sports. And I don't know that I can remember all five of them, but how many of the five do you think I'd agree with you on? Um, Three of them. 
All right, for those who may not have been listening in the 3 o'clock hour, and I was listening in the 3 o'clock hour. I try to listen to you as much as possible because you give me so much great material when you do, and that's a compliment uh, to you and your show. But for those who weren't listening or those who were and have short-term memory loss like me, run them back for us again, and then I'll go back over which ones. And I got a couple I want to add to the list and see what you say. I thought it was really a fun fun topic. Um, let's start with dumbest things in sports. And here was Matt's top five list. Either direction, Matt, since you've already revealed them. It doesn't really matter. Uh, number five is baseball managers wearing the jersey of the team they're managing. Managers in uh, uniform, okay. Yes. Number four is the ghost runner on second base in extra innings. Okay. Uh, number three is not allowing players to wear the proper hat at the NBA draft despite being traded. That just infuriates me. Number two is calling timeout at the end of halves in the NBA to move the ball to midcourt. Like, why? Let's, you know, we don't need to do that. And then number one is taking wins away from coaches in college athletics. All right. Um, let me go here. Uh, which ones did I say we'd agree upon? One, two. How many did you say? I said three. Three, you're right. It is three. Do you want to try and guess which three I agree with you on? One, two, and three, and then you're going to defend your baseball four and four and five. <laughs> well, man, we're probably going in the wrong order here. So, um, so five was the manager uniform thing. Yeah, right. I'm totally fine with a manager wearing a uniform. Probably because, and I heard AJ mention this. Probably because that's all I've seen my entire life. Right. I didn't really watch Connie Mack when he was managing the Philadelphia A's, wearing a suit and a top hat. So, but I've seen pictures of it. I think it looks dumb in the dugout with him doing it because for my entire existence. I've watched, you know, managers wear the uniform. Here's why I think that happens, guys. A.J. Field to chime in here. I think back in those days, for the most part, Connie Mack aside, you know, managers and their coaches, and they still do this to this day, were on the field pregame, you know, hitting fungos, pitching batting practice, hitting ground balls, all that kind of thing. And I think back in the day, they didn't have the luxurious clubhouses that they have now and the change of clothes that they have now. I mean, it was one or the other. It's either whatever they came to the game wearing or it was the uniform. They didn't, they didn't have something in between. So they just stayed in their uniform. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that one. Doesn't bug me one way or the other. So, but that does that make sense? I mean, that's kind of my logic here nowadays. Obviously they've got a million, you know, pieces of wardrobe in their locker that they can change and they could potentially change. Does that make sense? Yeah, so then I want to see Russ Huseman on the sideline in a Spiders jersey. Okay, well, let me let me reverse that for you then. In, it, it, on an NFL sideline, did it bug you when, like, Tom Landry or Hank Stram or Vince Lombardi wore a shirt and tie and jacket on the sideline? Did that bug you? Well, I mean, obviously – no, I mean I wasn't alive for that, or I mean I was barely I was barely very young then. But that would. All right, yeah, Mike Ditka. Mike like, Ditka wore that silly Bears vest and a tie on the sideline. That's that's in your livelihood. Yes, I, that would bother me. It actually bothered okay. me more, Bob, when when head coaches wouldn't have headphones on. Would not have headphones on. There were set, uh, there were definitely coaches who oh, never yeah. wore headphones, I and agree. it bothered me because like, huh. how would you get in contact with everybody else? Agreed. But just from a an aesthetic, stylistic standpoint, that's kind of what – that would be my retort to you. Like, NFL coaches or college coaches. I think there are college coaches out there that wear, like, a shirt and tie. Well, Joe Paterno did it forever. I know you hate Penn State and you hate Joe Paterno. But having said that, I mean, he did – I'm just giving you the opposite here. Like, I get what you're saying about the baseball manager, but I think there was some logic to it. 
back in the day. Or even the NBA coaches now during the pandemic, they're wearing like sweatsuits. You're good with that? I love that. I think really? it's great. Like I, I like the fact that they're dressing down a little bit. Like I don't need you in a suit and tie. I like for recruiting, that's different. I'd like you to be as good as you and you know as best you could be. But for for a game, like who cares? Eh, I think it it has a sense of authoritative nature to it. Um, and he's the one in charge and that sort of thing. Okay, but I, that that's one that I would disagree with you on. I don't care. Uh, managers. What bugs me a little bit more is when they're like sloppily. In uniform, like when they're wearing the non-matching pullover that doesn't even have the team's logo on it kind of thing. That that one bugs me more than them being in the normal uniform or at least with the hoodie that says Braves across the front or, or whatever. So disagree with you on that one. Ghost Runner, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. Thought it was stupid when it started. I still think it's stupid. I'm still not sure I really... I guess the data shows it, Matt, that it does in you know makes the games go quicker. But I don't get it because both teams are starting with the same thing in each half of the inning, so there's no like advantage to one team. So I don't I don't really get it. I don't. Uh, so I'm with you on the ghost runner run, right? Well, we're already going faster. Like we're already we we're are. already going faster as a sport, so we don't need to extra extra innings are going to take extra time. That's everybody knows that going in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not like I'm glad the games are going a little bit quicker. They still go too quick for my liking. Not necessarily that the time of the game was two hours and fifty minutes, but the time between pitches um, does bug me still. And I'm an I'm a traditionalist. I'm an old school guy. I do think it needed to be corrected. I wish this wasn't the way that we corrected it with the pitch clock. Like I was at a I'll give you a dumb one. You want a dumb one? I went to the Phillies Tigers game in Philadelphia. I don't know about three weeks ago. And not once, but twice, did a Tiger batter get called for not being ready at the eight-second mark. And it was the, to use your word, frickin' third strike. Like, it was such an underwhelming experience in the ballpark to see a guy struck out without Aaron Nola ever throwing the pitch. So I really don't like that. How's that one? That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I mean, I, I think that the, the pitch clock is better. It's better for baseball, but I still think it's too rigid and would like to see a change. But the problem is you can't just change it for the playoffs and be like, well, then what the hell's, you know, would the, why does the regular season matter if you're just going to change the rules for the playoffs? I agree, and you're kind of leading me into one dumb thing about sports, and that's when you play with a certain set of rules during the regular season, and then you change it in the postseason. And baseball is part of that because you don't have the ghost runner in extra innings in the postseason. And, and I don't like that. It's like the NFL playing the 10-minute overtime in the regular season, and then we're just going to keep on playing until somebody wins in the postseason. That's so I don't like one. I don't like that. I, I play play however you're playing the regular season. Play it in the postseason as well. All right. So that was. Um, so how many do I now agree with you on one out of those? Um, yeah. The the timeouts at the end of the half or the end of the game is not just relegated to the NBA. By the way, like the women's game has used it for years, where they call the timeout and they can advance the ball into the forecourt. And I'm pretty sure, Matt, the Olympic game, the international game, uses it also. I actually think the men's game men's college basketball might be the only one that doesn't use it. Maybe high school that doesn't use it. now. And I'm with you. I don't understand why they do it. AJ, I heard you mention something about strategy, but you haven't earned it. You haven't done anything to deserve moving the ball into the front court other than you called a timeout when you got a rebound. Or worse yet, the other team made a basket. Like, you're getting rewarded when you didn't do something right to get the ball into the front court. I get it. It gives you more drama, last-second shot all of that, but I think it's manufactured, I think it's fabricated, and I hope it never comes to the men's college game. 
I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like I, I did a little bit of research and just remembered it was based. I forget the guy who taught Jackson the triangle offense, but it helped set up the triangle offense. Of course it does, but what it would help set up any offense. I mean, I've watched enough women's college games. They do the same thing, and they set that up. So I, I don't like – I'm with you on that. So that one's two, Matt, and then the third one is taking wins away. That may be – was that your worst one, by the way? That was the worst one, yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, 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 and, and I'm with you, obviously. We're both Syracuse guys, and obviously it happened to Syracuse and Bayheim and all of that. I, absolutely. Taking the banners down, all of that, stupid. Ridiculous. It only took you guys 13 minutes and 58 seconds to do that. So good job, guys. All right. So in other words, Matt, that was our producer's hint that it's time to move on. No, no, no. I was talking about your bias with Syracuse and Philadelphia. Oh, it, it only yes. took 13 minutes for you yes. to link up. Good job. Okay, but I got another one, and I think I've heard you talk about this one, Matt. We're going to agree on this one also. I'm going to go back to baseball, and you guys think I'm a baseball you know, lover, and I'm always defending baseball, which is, for the most part, true. But here at least once, the ghost runner, bad, down on that one. Uh, pitch clock, I'm still down on. They need to refine it. But here's the other one. I think, I, I think you talked about this on one of these days as well. Baseball teams not playing on Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day. I'll never get over that one. I don't understand that one. Yeah. Uh, if I had thought about that, that would have been up there as well. But then, like, that's just – I mean, I could have done a whole Manfred category for top five. <laughs> I mean, he's just calling yes. the World Series trophy a pile of metal, yeah. uh, saying the Oakland A's fans were the ones that caused the team to move instead of looking at himself. Like, I could have just done a Manfred category. Yeah. And now let me give you two – well, let me give you the other one that I, I don't know where you stand on this because for some reason it just popped into my head – and it involves a sport that I don't think either one of us follows or likes, quite frankly, all that closely. I just ticked off all my friends who really like this sport. But I hate when you go to overtime in soccer, which I know neither one of us is an aficionado, or hockey, and we have shootouts to determine the winner of the game. And, And here's why. These are team sports. So we've taken this team sport and this team game, and they've played the team aspect for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or 110 minutes, and then we decide it by two individuals. And, again, I just think that's stupid. So I'm putting shootouts on my list of dumbest things in sports. What do you guys think of that? Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't like the shootouts because the Flyers are terrible at shootouts. <laughs> but I thought you were also going to go, and this is obviously, once again, sport we don't understand, but I've seen a lot of people complain about it. The end of NASCAR races occasionally when they go to overtime, like I've seen people complain about it. I'm sure the ones who love NASCAR know what I'm talking about because I don't know what I'm talking about. But along the same lines, I think NASCAR overtime occasionally, people do not like how that finishes. Well, again, you and I are on the same page there because we don't follow it as closely as we probably should considering the region of the country that we're in. But I will say when when I don't think this happens anymore because I think they went to the overtime thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, either one of you guys. um, When a race would end on a caution. Like, there wasn't even any racing at the end to determine the winner. Like, when they had the last crash with, what, nine laps to go, and it took them nine laps to clean the crash up, and they just, you know, went around at 35 miles an hour. I thought that was stupid. Is that what? Oh, is that what, I got one for you. His, yeah. And then this is, this is, this is also going to probably make people mad. 
Uh, in soccer, when they don't stop the clock for injuries, like that's just, I mean, to um, me, that just ooh. doesn't make any sense. And then we add stoppage bring, time, like that just bring, makes no sense. You guys are killing AJ. me right now. You guys bring are literally. I, I know we got to roll. I got no, it. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not talking about rolling to the the drive home huddle. We have time. I've made preparations. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm going to have a meeting and teach you guys soccer. Good no, you're God, not. the shootout no, you're not. is amazing. No, you're not. That's you're why they had extra not. time over the injury. What are you guys doing? Hey, Matt, if you show up for that meeting, just go ahead and start without me, okay? I'll start the clock, and then we'll just let it run, <laughs> and no one will be there. It just makes no sense. Every other sport stops the clock when somebody gets injured, and, and <laughs> half the time it's not even a real injury anyway, by the way. Oh, they're flopping? You're saying they're flopping now? Well, okay, yeah, in certain leagues they do. <laughs> All right, I got two that I know we're going to disagree upon. Uh, I'm going to do that as part of the River City Rundown because we need to promote our friends and our very good partners and very good sponsors. So let's make sure we get that in. What are you listening to this afternoon? This is Mashup Monday, part of Border to Border with Matt Josephs and the Sports Huddle with Bob Black. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. Rundown. Brought to you by our friends and important partners at the Richmond Chapter of the American Red Cross. We urge you to support the local RVA community by volunteering your services or donating blood to the Red Cross. To learn how you can help during this critical time, visit redcross.org. Org. Uh, bottom of the hour, one of those sports that we don't talk a lot about normally, but we can in the summertime, and we do in the spring because we're actually a lacrosse hotbed. There's a new big-time amateur uh, lacrosse tournament, boys and girls lacrosse tournament, uh, coming to the River City, and we're going to talk with our good friends at Richmond Region Tourism. Danny Boniface is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and we'll talk about yet another major amateur tournament coming to this city. It has really been phenomenal what the River City, what the RVA has done, and obviously much more coming with the new facility up there in Henrico. So Danny joins us at 4.30. We are wide open beyond that. Matt sticks around until 5 o'clock. We're going to do this every Monday during the summer, mashup Monday, with the two of us kind of bombarding you with our sports thoughts and our sports opinion. All right, Matt, here are the two before we get to the commercial break that we are uh, really going to disagree upon on all right and i heard you mention it more about things you do like as opposed to what you don't i'm not a tbt guy you're doing a great job of it great job of coverage of it it's in the summertime it's guys who once played the game and aren't anymore i couldn't care less how's that i don't know i mean i don't know bob i mean that's like a lot of content on my show so i uh, I i'm a big and (laughs) i and i've been on this thing since the start 10 years ago when it started i was on this thing and now it's 10 year anniversary i'm i'm gonna stay on this thing oh absolutely i'm not trying to convince you not to and like i said you're doing a great job with it and i I somewhat enjoy the interviews somewhat i guess and has it really been 10 years already Wow. Yeah, 10 years, and the championship round will be in Philadelphia at the DAC instead of the Palestra, which doesn't make any sense, but it'll be on Drexel's campus. The championship the didn't want year. it. That's why. It's the cathedral it's of college basketball. This show's already controversial. It Again, I just I, – I, it's been 10 years, and I haven't watched one year of it. Hating on the TBT, hating I on am. soccer. What Do you know us? <laughs> you guys think – what did you say I gave Matt was just the always uh, – what kind of opinions, the takes – you said that once upon a time, like the Pollyanna. Milk toast? Or, yeah, something like that. So I'm trying not to. 
And I actually believe in both. I don't. I don't like soccer. My friends know that. And I, there are a lot of, I got a lot of soccer fans and friends out there. I hope Rob Ucrop isn't listening. I know we're going to do some kicker stuff this week. And I love what the, the kickers are doing and what they do in the community. It's just not a sport for me. Breaking and records. I'm, and I'm not, a, I'm not, yes, and I'm not a TBT guy either. Here's the other one, Matt. We've already argued about this one anyway. I love your idea for the most part of being able to mute just certain announcers on a broadcast. My only hesitancy to that is that everybody would mute me and then I wouldn't, wouldn't have a job anymore because I'd get muted all the time and it would just be Greg Beckwith or Chris Anderson on the air with me. So I'm I'm a little worried about that, but I love the idea. And you put Dick Vitale at the top of your list. I put Bill Walton at the top of my list. Can't stand him. And that's where we disagree once again, because Bill Walton is a legend, and uh, I love Bill Walton. I, although I have not seen his thirty for thirty, because I also didn't realize it was four parts. That's a it's a lot of Bill Walton to handle at one time. Well, a minute, uh, Dave Pash, he he goes into my sportscasting hall of fame for dealing with Bill Walton. I think Bill Walton's about Bill Walton, and I don't like that. Do you guys hate puppies too? <laughs> no, I love puppies actually. Someday I'm going to get a puppy. Actually, Matt, don't answer that question. <laughs> Let's get the break in here. We'll come back with a very short segment. And then the ever-patient Danny Boniface is always go- already going to be on past 430. We'll be joining us. We'll talk some Richmond Region Tourism and this uh, Boys and Girls uh, Big Time Elite Tournament Lacrosse uh, event that's coming to the capital city in 2024. 422 on 1061 ESPN. You're tuned into our summertime series. It is Mashup Monday with Matt Josephs and Bob Black and AJ, the producer of both programs. I don't know how he does that on 1061 ESPN. On the diamond, and we've got the action live. Every Atlanta Braves broadcast is here on your home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Okay, look, we lied. The promo lied. It's not the first time that a promo has lied. Not every Atlanta Braves game is on 1061 ESPN. Uh, Bob and Matt back with you. Matt and Bob on uh, Mashup Monday. Tonight is a case in point that not every Atlanta Brave game is on. What a great series they had over the weekend with Cincinnati. We'll get into that a little bit more later. They are playing tonight. The Braves are in action. They're home against the Minnesota Twins um, this evening, but we are not carrying that game because we're carrying the third and final game of the College World Series from Westwood One between Florida and LSU. Airtime at 6:45. The game is at seven. I think it'll be fascinating to see how many runs Florida scores tonight. If you know baseball at all, it should not surprise you if they score like two runs tonight after scoring 24 yesterday. You watched any of it, man? Have you bet on any of it? What have you done with the College World Series? I, I can't I can't bet on the College World Series. I know very little, and as I said, I would bet on runs, and there has not been a lot of runs for the most part. The under has been a, a machine, it feels like, in Omaha. But you could if you wanted to, right, bet? Sure. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. of course I could. Yeah, okay. um, I, I, yeah, it's just something I don't know very much about, and therefore uh, I don't put any money down on it. Smart man. Uh, it's been great. Uh, most games have been one-run games. There have been a lot of extra inning games. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say to this, Matt, and I do follow it, as you know, um, I think the offenses will win tonight. Like, you know the old saying, pitching and defense win championships. I don't think that holds true 
in the College World Series. Because by the time you get to this last game, and remember, they already played like three, four games, you know, in the regular round at the start when they had eight teams, when Virginia was in it and all of that. So they've played all those games. They've played two games already in the championship series, and now they're on day three. So even if they're bringing back their top pitcher, he's going to be running close to empty. And I think this is where the offense is, where the big bats kind of take over. And I think the team that can outslug the other team is going to win this game tonight. And um, I have watched a decent amount of it, Matt, and it's all SEC. That annoys me a little bit to begin with. I wish one of our ACC teams had gotten there. I wish Virginia had gotten there. Very disappointed that the Cavs were two and out, actually. I wish Wake Forest had gotten there. Um, but it is Florida and it is LSU, Matt. And I'll say this. LSU annoys me. I just think they're, they're too much bling, too much pomp and circumstance. If you're an LSU fan, you love it, and they've had a blast in Omaha. I can tell you that. I've watched it all on social media, and they're buying shots for everybody. I, I get all of that, but I think they're a little bit too much um, not so, opposite of substance here, and I, I hope Florida wins tonight. Uh, just to tell you, uh, LSU's the slight favorite tonight, and Ooh. the total is nine and a half. So Bob thinks there could be runs. There, the, the over is in play then, according to you. Um, yes. And it, it looks like Paul Skeens is pitching in relief yes. and is good for 35 uh -huh. to 50 pitches. Okay. Well, that makes a little bit more sense. I was hoping they weren't going to, like, throw him out there and start and have him go another, you know, 250 pitches or whatever because they're going to – that poor kid's arm's going to fall off there, and he's got a future ahead of him. So that's what I mean. When you get down to the last game in the College World Series, unfortunately, sometimes – most times you don't have your aces, and it's going to be up to your offense to score runs. So, yes, if I was a betting man, and I'm not because NCAA and University of Richmond rules prohibit me from doing so, but, yes, I would take the over in that situation. I think there will be runs tonight. Is Florida going to score another 24? No, I don't think they will. Would I be shocked if they only scored two tonight? Probably I would, um, but it could certainly happen. It's baseball for sure. All right. Um, all right. So you didn't really take anybody then, did you? You just said that LSU, surprisingly to me, is a little bit of the favor because Florida is the number two seed in this thing. No, and by the way, looking looking Colorado after the Angels scored what yes. twenty four against the Rockies and scored two the next game. So yes, that could certainly happen. Yes. Uh, and you know what? Maybe I mean I'm never going to say you should do this, Bob. But maybe somebody gets hit, pay a little payback uh, for too many runs or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean they were still scoring runs in the ninth inning. I I know now they put they put some reserves in by then, but they they were. I think they scored four maybe in the ninth, three or four. In the ninth, I'm not saying they shouldn't be trying at that point. Come on, it's a college world series. These kids only get one shot at it. You know, you play to the best of your ability. But I hear, I hear what you're saying. I just think the stakes are too high tonight for them to do something like that. And you know, hit a guy on Florida, he comes around, and scores the game-winning run. What does that prove? You know, you're the tough guy, but you're the second-place finisher. Uh, we got to go. 4:30. Danny Boniface. He already knows we're going to be late, so he is patiently waiting. We're going to talk with him from Richmond Region Tourism. We got another major amateur sporting event and tournament coming next year to our city. And Danny's going to tell us all about it next on Mashup Monday, 1061 ESPN. America greats cornhole and any other sport you can play with a beer in your hand. Hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, and Cracker Jacks. Have a safe and happy 4th of July holiday from all of us here at 1061 ESPN Richmond. July holiday is just a week away. Man, time flies. 
And time will fly until next August here in Richmond, Virginia, which is why we are about to talk about an event that will be staged here in Central Virginia next August, in August of 2024. And it's another big-time amateur event coming to the River City, to the RVA. And for that, we tip the cap and pat him on the back for another job well done. And that's our friends at Richmond Region Tourism. Danny Boniface joins us this afternoon. Good friend, director of sports and events for Richmond Region Tourism. Tell us about this one. Hi, Danny. How you doing today? Hey, good, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, I missed you out at Independence last week. You could have gotten wet with everybody else, but you were too smart for that, weren't you, my friend? Yeah, we we definitely got some unprecedented rain, um, but you know, I'm glad we uh, we made it through. Yeah, I think the term that got used for that one, Danny, was wet success, which I think was was <laughs> accurate because I do think it was a success despite all of the wet, all of the rain on that final day on uh, on Wednesday. All right, rather than looking behind, let's look ahead here, and I kind of teased it a little bit, Danny. This event won't happen until August of 2024 that you're bringing mm-hmm. to the to the RVA, and it's one of those sports that just keeps growing and growing in popularity, and that's lacrosse. You've got an amateur lacrosse championship for both boys and girls uh, coming to Richmond. Tell us about it. Yeah, so so I um, appreciate you having me on because it's uh, definitely excited to share the great news. Um, so, you know, Richmond, the Richmond region was selected to host the first ever U.S. Club Lacrosse National Championship. Um, so this will crown the top club, club teams from each age division as the best club teams in the country. Um, you know, there's 10,000 club lacrosse teams um, that, you know, compete annually um, across the country, and the best of the best will be um, selected um, and will be uh, will essentially earn their right to come to the Richmond um, Richmond region to compete for a national championship. And uh, games will take place at River City Sportsplex um, over in Chesterfield, as well as at Clover Park um, over in Henrico County. Uh, about how many people are going to be at this thing? Like how how big of an event? You know, you mentioned how many teams and stuff, but like how big can this event be? Yeah. So so this event right now is projected to be 192 boys and girls lacrosse teams. So, um, so with this specific event, um, there's going to be the top 16 ranked teams um, in each age division. So right, the age divisions rank um, from age 12 up to uh, age 17. So the top 16 teams, um, top 16 boys and girls teams from each age division um, will earn the right to come and compete for a national title. So, so when you really break down the numbers, um, 192 teams, that's approximately uh, – 3,500 athletes coming, and then as as we all know, there's 3,500 athletes, um, youth athletes, come along with, um, you know, parents, guardians, grandparents, siblings, things like that. So, um, so yeah, we're looking at uh, quite a few um, people coming into the RVA. Um, so probably 7,000 plus coming into RVA in August 2024. So definitely will be a, a busy time in the Richmond region, but exciting because. Again, the you know RVA gets to host the first ever event of this uh, this kind. What does it mean for our area to have an event like this? Um, it's it's significant. I mean, uh, you know, kind of continue to roll off of those numbers. I mean, when you th- when you think about the magnitude of seven thousand people coming into the area, and each one of them all coming from outside the region, um, or, or at least you know ninety five percent of them coming out from outside the region. I mean, they all have to you know they're all going to be staying in hotels. They're all going to be eating in restaurants. They're all going to be, you know, exploring and experiencing our attractions that we have here in RVA. So, so it's really, um, you know, awesome to have have an event like this because, you know, our hospitality community, um, 
you know, really, really see, sees a, a huge impact from from events like this, and, and so it's just a huge opportunity for um, for you know the Richmond region to be selected to host this event, and then of course for all these uh, out of town visitors coming in town, as as we all know the the positive impact that these sports tourism events have on the region, um, and all that visitor spending happening within the region, it's just it's you know going to be a huge success. Hey, Danny, take us, Matt and me and our audience, a little bit behind the scenes as best you can. You've mentioned it, uh, that it's the first event of this kind, and they've picked Richmond, Virginia to come here. The, the group that organizes it, operates it, is called Elite Tournaments, and they are that. They are one of the premier amateur tournament organizers, lacrosse, soccer, other sports, um, in the region, if not in, in the country. So from your guys' perspective, from Richmond Region Tourism and others, how do you go about convincing an organization like that to bring this type of tournament to Richmond for their first one? Yeah, Bob, that's that's a great question. So, so a lot of what you know we do, um, at least at Richmond Region Tourism, is is we go out to build relationships with event organizers, you know, throughout the year at various trade shows and, and various other efforts to, um, to build relationships, um, earn the trust of these event organizers that you know if we are selected, that you know we will do everything we can to make sure their event is is an overall success. Um, so Elite Tournaments is a group that we've worked with in the past, uh, actually for a number of years. And we've actually had a, um, you know, our relationship started, um, you know, eight, nine years ago, um, probably. But, but anyway, so we've, we've actually hosted um, some events that they've run in the past, some, some of the uh, IWLCA, so Inter- Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association, um, some of their recruiting events. So we've hosted them in the past. Um, but clearly this is, a, this is a different type of event. Um, but I feel like, you know, we set ourselves up really well and, and built that trust and built that relationship with elite tournaments that, you know, when they were looking for a host for this, um, um, for this, you know, first ever U.S. Club Lacrosse National Championship, um, I know they had reached out to us and, and this was probably, um, middle of 20, uh, 2022. So, you know, I mean, this is, you know, we're just now announcing it now. So a lot of behind the scenes work happens. Um, but again, it, it's all about relationships and it's all about, you know, building that, um, you know, that reputation that, you know, you're going to be a solid uh, tournament host. You know, you have the first-class facilities, which we do here in the Richmond region. Um, we have amazing facilities, amazing uh, partners um, all across the region that, you know, contribute to making these events a success. And, and you know, the elite tournaments, um, I feel like we've proven that with them. And, and again, that goes to, uh, to goes to show that that's why we were selected to host the first-ever um, U.S. Club Lacrosse National Championship. Well, Danny, let's stay behind uh, the the curtain, if you will, for a moment. This thing is still 13, 14 months away from happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much, I don't want to say how much time, I'm not looking for a specific number, but what happens in these ensuing 13 and 14 months between your folks, elite tournament folks, you know, all the the I's that have to get dotted and T's that have to get crossed so that when, when these families and players come to town, it's a pretty seamless and enjoyable experience for them. Yeah, so um, so to kind of take take listeners behind the scenes a little bit. So now that we've announced that you know RVA is going to host this event, so now we really get into the planning efforts and um, and and luckily we've again we worked with lead tournaments in the past, so I think some of these planning efforts will will be a little uh, you know more seamless than what it would be like if it was a first time host. But but now is when we get into you know how are we promoting. Um, you know, I mean, and again, not in any particular order, but you know, how are we first? How are we promoting the Richmond region to these uh, potential attendees? So, how are we, 
um, you know, promoting what there is to see, do, and experience here in the Richmond region. Um, we're also starting the process of, of sourcing uh, various equipment and various services that, that, you know, things that it takes to put on a successful event. You know, if you've been to, whether it's a sports event or even not, like a festival or whatever, you know, you see all sorts of tents. You see all sorts of food trucks. You see golf carts. You see ice. Um, and you see, all, I mean, um, catering. I mean, you see all sorts of, um, you know, equipment and services that it takes to run a successful event. And so that's what we'll be doing over the next couple of months is starting that process of sourcing those things. Um, we'll be, uh, you know, looping in the, the facilities. So, again, River City Sportsplex and our partners over there at Chesterfield County and then, um, you know, as well as Glover Park and, um, you know, our partners over there in Lakewood County and, you know, working together and working collaboratively, um, you know, having a pretty, pretty strong regional effort to, you know, make sure that, you know, again, like, like you said, Bob, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and make sure that, um, you know, everybody knows what, you know, the game schedule is going to look like and what kind of, you know, set up and tear down and, and again, what the schedule beyond and just the competition schedule looks like. Um, and as part of this event, um, and I'll end with this comment, but as, uh, as part of this event, there's an opening ceremony because, again, this is a very special um, honor to be selected as, you know, one of the top 16 teams in your age division. Um, to even come to Richmond, Richmond for this event. So, you know, there's going to be an opening ceremony component. So that's a whole other set of planning that, you know, needs to happen um, from, you know, selecting a venue to planning out speakers for that opening ceremony to um, and everything in between. And, um, and, of course, we haven't even talked about sourcing, you know, hotel rooms and things like that, which, you know, is another big component of what we do in sports tourism. So um, I, as you can hear from all the pieces that I've briefly touched on, there's definitely a lot that needs to happen over the next 13 to 14 months, but, you know, we're excited to get started. So what's, uh, obviously that's in 2024. What's, what's up next? Uh, what's the next big event that we'll have here in town? Yeah. So, so, um, coming up next, you know, I, summer's a busy time, um, in the sports tourism industry. Uh, so, you know, we, of course we have a ton of baseball, a ton of softball, but, but one event to, to really highlight that um, is unique to the Richmond region is the USA Karate National Championships and Team Trials. So that's going to take place at the, uh, the convention center um, in downtown Richmond. Um, so that's so really excited for this event. The, uh, you know, during this event, the selection of the junior and the U.S. national teams are selected, which is, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. But, um, again, this event will bring uh, roughly about 2,000 competitors, um, age, ranging in age from 6 up to 70, will come and compete um, in the USA Karate National Championships and Team Trials um, in July, so July 9th through 16th. Hey, Danny, I'll finish up with you. Uh, hopefully this has piqued the interest of our audience and listeners and uh, most importantly citizens of our community. Uh, if they want some more information, on, on Richmond Region Tourism in general, I know you're involved in the sports and events division of that. How can they find out more information? So, um, you know, you're always, uh, listeners are always welcome to visit our website, visit richmondva.com. Um, we also have a social presence, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can kind of uh, learn a little bit about um, what we do and what's going on within the region. Um, so those are just a, just a couple of ways, but um, of course we're, you know, as a Sports tourism is very much of a community effort, so, you know, definitely it's, uh, you know, be sure if you ever see anybody out and about in their sports jerseys or um, things like that, be sure you welcome, you know, welcome them to Richmond and tell them you're excited they're here and, and tell them good luck as well. 
Danny Boniface, Director of Sports and Events at Richmond Region Tourism. Always good catching up with you, Danny, and uh, really enjoyed uh, putting a hard hat on with you last week up there at the uh, Henrico Sports and Events Center uh, for the press conference uh, led by Dennis Bickmeyer up there. I know you're excited about that one as well. Oh, yeah, definitely are. It's just going to be very exciting. So, yeah, it was great to see you out there, and, and hopefully, uh, again, as this building gets completed, we'll hopefully see you out there again. Hey, you had to feel good about that, right? Dennis pointed you out. He used your your quote, right? Mind boggling, right? He yeah, gave credit it, it for was. that. You're, you're right. It, it was it, it was it was definitely nice, and it's, it's <laughs> you know they're they're definitely uh, great partners uh, of ours, and I know we uh, we work hand in hand um, on a lot of events with them, and and yeah, it, it, it was it was definitely great. I mean, I didn't uh, you know he got the quote correct. I mean, you know, seeing that building progress over the past couple months has been been amazing, and, and seeing how well it's come together and. You know, I know there's a lot of excitement being generated around that opening um, this fall, and and as as we both heard, you know, during the press announcement that you know took place last week, I mean, the 31 event organizers that have uh, already been secured at that building, with with many more to come in the future. So definitely, um, it's it's definitely uh, you know. It's definitely bright looking ahead um, within the Richmond Richmond region from a sports tourism and event standpoint. It's mind-boggling, as you said. You're a quote machine, Danny. You are a quote machine. Thank you for thank you for the quotes this afternoon. Uh, congrats on getting that uh, U.S. Club Lacrosse National Championship here in Richmond. Good luck with that and all the other events. And I'm sure we'll have you on our airwaves again before long. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate having me on. Danny Boniface from Richmond Region Tourism. Yeah, that's the U.S. Club Lacrosse National Championship coming to our fair city in August of 2024. 192 teams, 16 from each age division, and Chesterfield County and Henrico County will share hosting uh, responsibilities for that. All right, one more segment on Mashup Monday. We'll do that. We'll get you to the top of the hour. ESPN Sports Center update coming at 5, and then I'll fly it solo from 5 until 6. Thanks for locking us in this afternoon, 1061 ESPN. He loves sports. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he's got a lucky jersey that hasn't been washed for six seasons. It's going to smell like hot dogs. Jamie King is live weekday mornings from 7 to 8 on 1061 ESPN Radio. June into July 4th. There's not a whole lot in the way of games going on other than baseball, which will certainly consume my interest. Matt, we are, I already talked about the College World Series wrapping up tonight. I'll, I'll watch. I mean, the Phillies aren't playing tonight, so I, I will definitely watch, and I'm going to be rooting for Florida. Even though I was surprised when you said LSU is the favorite. I think Florida's had the better, better season this year, so I'm going Gators tonight. But I know this doesn't totally move the needle for you, this week, I will be keep, non-Phillies related. I will be keeping an eye on Orioles Reds the next few days because I think the whole country is starting to watch the Reds right now, and the Orioles are one of the really success stories of the year. But you know, the Reds sold out all three games against the Braves this weekend. I think it's the most they've had for a weekend series in like. 20 years or something in Cincinnati, which is a really good baseball town and needs to be good. I mean, Major League Baseball is better when Cincinnati has a good team, believe it or not. So I'm watching that one, 
And then at the end of the week, uh, Marlins and Braves in the National League East, that's first versus second. I'm kind of fabricating that one a little bit because the Braves are running away with the National League East. But those would be the ones that, that I'd kind of be keeping an eye on, Matt. I'm surprised you didn't say the uh, MLB draft and the NHL draft this week, which are both <laughs> uh, taking place this week. Yeah, I'm a little surprised I didn't say the MLB draft. But to your point on your show, on Border to Border, it's a little bit hard to get excited about those because they do spend, you know, most guys will spend several years, you know, toiling in the minor leagues. And for the most part, we won't know or see them. I know the Giants guys will come through the diamond. But I'm telling you, Matt, having gone to the game the other night, I went to the doubleheader Friday night, had a great time. But I'm not sure a lot of people are really identifying who the guys are on the team. So um, for those reasons, the MLB and NHL drafts, you know, they're there. I'll, I'll you know, have an eye on them, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm joking. I, I, the only reason why I have one half of an eye on the NHL draft is because the Flyers might make some trades. But, mm-hmm. yes, these are kids we're not going to see for quite a while. And certainly in the case of the NHL, some of them are going to go back to college and some of them are going to go overseas, and we're not going to see them for a long time. So, uh, I, you know, it's just this is one of those slow weeks. Uh, obviously, we're getting close to the slowest week of the uh, sports year. So, um, yeah, not a lot going on this week. Uh, you mean, know what I'm excited about? The kickers playing at home this week. Chattanooga Red Wolves. See? They're going to destroy them, baby. July See? 1st. Let's I go. Knew that. I knew that. I knew that's what you were going to be all about. I knew it. But I'll, I will watch the baseball, guys. Like like I said, I think, you know, this time of year, I, that's that's the sport that's there right now. And there are some, you know, games that will interest me, to be honest with you. Uh, and the other one, and I'm both of us are Philly guys and Syracuse guys, Matt and me. So you may be turning the radio off. I don't know. But the Phillies playing at Wrigley the next three nights. Uh, I think it's two nights and one day game. But I, you know, I love Wrigley Field. It's one of those, you know, shrines of baseball. So it'll be cool to watch my team playing at Wrigley. And you know, have you ever been to Wrigley, Matt? I have not. No, okay. uh, right. it's not my cup of tea necessarily because it's obviously the ballpark is very nice and there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. But it's also a lot of a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, merriment uh, because obviously <laughs> the Cubs are not very that? good. So wait a minute. Just, because most what, of the people don't pay attention to the what, game. They just drink the whole time. <laughs> What's wrong with merriment and drinking? Wait a minute here. <laughs> well, there's well, merriment will... drinking, and there's what Cubs fans do. Oh, wow. Huh. He's throwing a little shade at the Cubs, who, by the way, aren't as bad as you think they are. They're only three games out of first place in the not-very-good National League Central. So, And they've won eight out of ten. So they're they're playing for a reason, Matt, in Chicago these days. But I, I, I've been to Wrigley once. And it was in April when the Ivy isn't even green yet, and it was a midweek afternoon game. So it wasn't the real ex- – I would love to go back for one of those merriment drinking weekend games in the summertime in at Wrigley. Just me. That's fine. I, and, you're, and, you know, there's ballparks I'd like to go to, but uh, Wrigley probably not one of them. Fenway? No. God, no. Wow. Too many Bostonians. Too many know, Red not, Sox fans. You're just not a baseball guy. That's, I, I'm, I'd rather I'm, go to Tampa Bay and watch good baseball. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I've been to Tampa Bay. You do not want to go to Tampa Bay. If you want to see Tampa Bay, go see them play at Fenway Park. Then you'll get the or best Yankee of both. Stadium. Or Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Or Yankee Stadium. That's fine. You know the one I haven't been to that I, I, I am a baseball that I really is Dodger Stadium. I've never been there. I would like to go there. It's the third oldest park behind Wrigley and Fenway. Anyway, all right, 
Hey, Matt, um, thanks for plowing through. Uh, Mashup Monday, according to AJ, was a big hit. Of course, it's his baby, so that's what he's going to say. And we're going to try it again next Monday and every Monday in the summer. So thank you, Matt. No problem. All right. Matt's back tomorrow at 3 with Border to Border. I'm back in five minutes or so with the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle after the ESPN Sports Center update on 1061 ESPN. Go kickers. The new Sharp Copper Models have